0: What's going on, everyone? We are finally back after another long break, but like usual, there's been a lot of news going around in the sports world recently, and we are here to talk about it.
1: Exactly, and for all three of you who have kept up with our videos in the past, you may realize that your screen looks a little bit different. That's because we, and by we, I mean Adam, are gonna be trying something new with the design this time.
0: Usually, we discuss around three or four topics throughout the show until we've talked about them enough.
1: But to make the show more fun for all three of you, and to fit more, uh, more sports in, we'll talk about a wide variety of topics and, of course, still have our overtime
0: at the end. That's right. And with that, let's get started. I'm Adam Avon. I'm also Adam Avon. And this is episode 17 of Make Your Point. With the NBA season right around the corner, NBA free agency was going crazy. So which team in the NBA made the best offseason additions?
1: Uh, I'd say that the best off-season additions would be, uh, of course, not including the draft. We'll talk about that would be uh, Steven Adams to the Pelicans. And I honestly think that Boogie Cousins to the Rockets is actually pretty good. Um, you know, he's obviously been plagued with injury. But if we remember, he actually has a lot of talent. And just like Derrick Rose was, was Kind of play by injury, I think that he can be great for them, and not in addition, but uh, but a retention by the Heat uh, with Bam Adebayo, I think that's huge. I think that he brings so much to the Miami Heat, and keeping him around for the next five years is is definitely is definitely good for the Heat's
0: future. What about you? Hey, <laughs> all good points, Zach. But the team that made the best offseason moves was clearly the reigning NBA champions, Los Angeles Lakers. Not only did they trade for a star point guard in Dennis Schroeder, but they added a former Defensive Player of the Year in Marcus Hall. The deep threat, Wesley Matthews, plus current six man of the year, Mantra's Harrell, who they stole right from the Clippers. And honestly, this might be a hot take, but this might be this might be the most well-rounded team that LeBron has ever had. And Rob Palinka, the general manager for the Lakers, deserves major props for that.
1: Right, I will say, then that doesn't, uh, Mark, Mark DeSalle is, you know, I think a little bit of an underrated player, and I think that what he will bring to this team, and of course what Montrezl will bring to this team, is really big, and it's it's hard to imagine that the team that just won with LeBron is now going to be even better going into the season. That's not something that I really like to think about. I'd rather pretend that it's not happening, but
0: uh, I'm definitely uh, nervous for the rest of the, uh, the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, you, um, you look at the Heat teams that LeBron was on back in the day, and all those, all those players on that team, were, were amazing role players, Mario Chalmers, Norris Cole, Mike Miller, all those, all those guys that played along D-Wade and Bosch and him, but, like, they're not all-stars. Harold, Gasol, Wesley right. Matthews even, Dennis Schruder are all kind of all-star or around all-star type players, so I'm excited to see right. that. The Ravens
1: and Steelers game has been postponed for the third time in a week as both teams are, are far past double-digit corona cases. Is awake te- Week 18 still in the
0: works? A week 18 will definitely be needed. And even though it's not official right now, it is definitely a possibility. Uh, like you said, the Raven Steelers game just keeps getting postponed and they're saying it's not until Wednesday now. And the reason the game is so important is because it's a divisional matchup that can obviously affect the playoff rankings. So if they can end up playing this game on Wednesday, then that's great. But I wouldn't be surprised if it gets moved to week 18 because under the circumstances, uh, I think it'd be imp- appropriate to do so.
1: Right. And I, I agree. And then, um, we look at some of the players' reactions with, with Chase Claypool and Juju uh, Smith-Schuster both uh, tweeting about it. I personally disagree with their responses. I don't think I think it's a little bit immature to complain about it when we really know it is a necessity
0: uh, for the league. Every Tuesday, we've watched Stephen A. Smith rank his top five NFL teams each week. So we're going to steal it and do that right now. So here is my Adams A-list. All right, top five teams. Number five, the Tennessee Titans. Why? Because Ryan Zanell has been balling. Because Derrick Henry is a monster, and A.J. Brown is like a running back at the wide receiver position, and their defense is elite. Their secondary is loaded with talent, but they've recently been the worst part of that whole defense, so they need to tighten up back there. But besides that, they're an all-around good team, and that's why they're number five. Give me number four, the, the Green Bay Packers. Why? Because Aaron Rodgers is still a bad man. Because even though he needs more weapons, Devonta Adams is really all he needs. The defense isn't a scary one, but I think it's honestly average enough to the point where if they can hold a team to a limited amount of points, their offense will be good enough to carry them. Number three, give me them, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why? Because they're undefeated. Their defense is elite. They have one of the best receiving cores in football. Big Ben can still sling the ball, but not great. Good enough, though. But every game is close, and they have recently had a really easy schedule, but they're still pretty good, but they aren't better than my top two teams. Give me number two, the New Orleans Saints. Why? Because even without Drew Brees, they're winning. Taysom Hill is a 30-year-old rookie superstar. Michael Thomas is back and healthy. Kamara is one of the best dual threats in the game. Their defense also might be the best in football. The best. The only thing I can question is going to be how they handle the pressure in the playoffs because we've seen it from them before, but they are a great team, but not greater than my number one team. Give me my number one team, the Kansas City Chiefs, because why? Because they're the reigning Super Bowl champs. That's why, because of Patrick Mahomes, the, the MVP candidate, because of Travis Kelsey, the best tight end of football, because of Tyreek Hill, Edwards, Hilaire, McCall Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, and those boys. They are the real deal. Their defense needs work, though. But as long as the offense is doing their thing, they're all right. Zach, you
1: All right, I'm Zach, also known as Adam Avon, part two. And uh, our lists are definitely pretty similar, but my top five is slightly different. Hence, I said, pretty similar. Um, My number five is uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think that they are, I wouldn't say an underrated team, but they're definitely not getting the credit that they deserve when talking about who is going to go to the Super Bowl, who's going to win the NFC. And I think that the Seahawks absolutely have the capability to do that. Will they? Will they? Maybe not because obviously they're not the only NFC team on my top five, but I do think that they have, I mean, obviously they have amazing coaching. They have Chris Carson who has been doing great. Russell Wilson is having an MVP season. And I think that is enough to put them on the top five. Uh, my number four is the Steelers. The reason that they're only four is because even though they're undefeated, they've had an easy schedule. The only they've only beat one or two really good teams. And I don't think that they're actually that good. If I, I would go as far to say as they are, one of if not the worst undefeated team in NFL history uh, and I don't think that they actually have what it takes to go to the Super Bowl um, or or even really have a chance. Uh, my number three would be the Packers. Uh, as Adam said, Aaron Rodgers is on fire. Adam, Aaron Rodgers been doing great. Also, MVP caliber season and despite, in my opinion, a fairly mediocre receiving core, He's been able to get it done really well. And, and, you know, the whole team has just been able to put it together. And I, I see them at number three. My number two was a little bit, bit of a jump here. Uh, it's the same as Adams. It's the New Orleans Saints. Adams said it well. You know, they've got it all. Taysom Hill is just – he's incredible. And the fact that they're doing what they're doing with – Essentially, a backup quarterback is really impressive. But Taysom Hill is just he's so much fun to watch. And he's and he's I'm sure very fun to play with that he's able to just tuck the ball and run it in for a touchdown. Not a lot of quarterbacks can do it the way he does it because he does it like a running back. And then, of course, Adam said uh, Alvin Kamara is just obviously, you know, incredible. And then that brings me to my number one. I I don't think them being the reigning Super Bowl champs has anything to do with it, but they're just doing great. The Chiefs have not lost any steam from last year for sure. And no team has been able to uh, be a a solid challenger for them. They're my pick to win it all this year. Um, You know, Patrick Mahomes, obviously doing great again this year, you know, uh, my personal favorite for the MVP and a lot of other people. I'm not very creative, but I I definitely see them going all the way They're They're my
0: number one for sure. Yeah. You know, Zach, the only thing I uh, have with your list is the Seahawks are definitely a great team. Russell Wilson is an amazing quarterback, but um, what I've been seeing from their defense doesn't make me think that if they go up a team like Green Bay or if they go up against a team like the Saints in the playoffs, even the Vikings who can put up points, I don't know if that Seahawks secondary and their and their defense will be able to sustain all that offensive firepower that those teams bring. And right. hopefully, Dreamers I understand is that back for the Saints. But right now, if you're talking talking about the five best overall teams, the reason I put the Titans in there is because even though their offense slacks a little bit, they always they, they end up picking it up and they make games really close. And as good as right. Wilson is I'm not sure if that defense I just hate Ryan Tannehill
1: that's it yeah the NFC East is already just a complete joke but there's still an opportunity for every team in the division to win the division and make the playoffs so is it time for the Eagles
0: to bench Carson Wentz Of course, I need to bench Carson Wentz. He stinks. I've been saying it for the past couple of years. He had a great couple first years, but like after that, come on, after Nick Foles led them to the Super Bowl, I told you, I told every one of our friends, keep Nick Foles. They should have kept Foles because he's only good in an Eagles jersey. And we've been seeing that since. He can only play in an Eagles jersey and he was awesome for them. But if you're looking towards the future right now, then you have to start Jalen Hurts because you still have the opportunity to win the East. You honestly have nothing to lose right now. And in the current NFL as a dual threat quarterback, Jalen Hurts is pretty good. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw from him what we saw at Oklahoma last year, where he was great with uh, uh, whatever the coach's name is, Lincoln, whatever. But uh, he, he he was pretty good last year after leaving Alabama. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit of that and he gives the spark that the Eagles need.
1: Right, I I totally hear you. For me, it's just I don't see the Eagles having a chance to playoffs while playing Carson Wentz. He's not doing it for them. So they may as well put Jalen Hurts in. They have him. Why would they sit him just to lose? So put him in for a real game situation, not just in practice, especially considering the teams that they'll be playing in their division.
0: As we said earlier, the NBA offseason has been at a rapid pace as training camp is basically in two weeks, and rookies are settling in with their teams. Anthony Edwards went number one to the Timberwolves, James Wiseman went number two to the Warriors, and LaMelo Ball three to the Hornets. But this class was loaded with talent. So Zach, who is the biggest steal in this year's NBA draft?
1: All right, so I know that we agree on one, and so I'll start with that. Precious (laughs) Achiuwa, forgive mine pronunciation. Uh, I think that that's a great pick. Obviously, he went first round, but still fairly low in the draft uh, considering his talent. I think that he's a fantastic addition to the Heat team, which is obviously in you know the the past couple of years, been really good with rookies. And I think that throwing him in, I think he'll fit in great with Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Ben Adebayo. I think that he will uh, fit in well and mold to the team the way that we saw Tyler Hero molded by Jimmy Butler, which is which is obviously very beneficial to the heat. Uh, my other pick would be Cassius Stanley uh, to the Pacers, um, which I think is super steel. He was one of the last picks of the draft, but arguably the most or one of the most athletic players in the draft. And he was a little bit slept on. he was, he was used. Uh, I think the only player from Duke even drafted um but i mean he's six foot six he he has a super high vertical super uh, high whatever this way is um he i mean that is just an athlete and an athlete is someone
0: that you know you want on the court for sure yeah you know I definitely agree with you uh about those players especially about precious Zach that kid is going to look like a stud but my biggest deal of the draft would would probably be RJ Hampton at 24 drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks and then traded to the Nuggets to play alongside Jamal Murray and those boys but you know let me tell you there were two NBA ready players entering this draft LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton who both right after leaving high school went overseas uh and played in Australia and balled out against each other but trust me I've been watching this kid's clip since high school and he's talented as heck Uh, another kid uh, another steal would be Tyrese Halliburton uh, out of Iowa Mm State who fell to the Kings at 12. This kid is also a baller and shouldn't have dropped this far but he's awesome as well so I'm really excited to see what he does in Sacramento.
1: Right this past Saturday the 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 fighting legend Mike Tyson stepped in the ring back in the ring from retirement to face another legend Roy Jones Jr. with some random uh, YouTube guy fighting the, the basketball player Nate Robinson on the undercard. Adam, what were your takeaways from the fight?
0: It, it it was honestly a great night. And I got and I got to go back and look at some of the highlights and stuff. And man, Jake Paul, you can clearly tell that he's been training a lot. And and if you've seen any of his videos, the stuff that he's posting on, on social media and on YouTube, he's clearly training his ass off and has been for a couple of years right. now in the in the past fights that he's had. So and I went into I did make some bets on Jake Paul, uh picked him to win, not to brag or anything, and I won those bets. But uh but he he's he's sixth four whatever you know 200, 200 200 pounds he's a lot bigger than nate robinson and also yes. and I, I, you can point at snoop dog who said it commentating the fight like you can't play boxing nate robinson has never stepped into a boxing room before he really technically didn't know what he was doing and jake right. paul has kind of studied the sport for the past couple of years and you and if anyone knows boxing you know that it does take some strategy and, and technical skills something that mike tyson has done uh, since the very beginning, uh, in which he studies and, and, and trains a lot, um, and, and seeing him and Roy Jones Jr., obviously a draw is kind of annoying, but I, I think that's the best you could expect right now. Uh, you could clearly see even after the fight, Roy Jones Jr. saying, yo, his, his fight, his punches were hurting me. He wanted to go through it. He, he wanted to go through the pain. He didn't want to go out that way. So I think ending in a draw, I think it was the best fight we were going to get. And I was very happy to see Mike Tyson back in the ring, but Jake Paul did kick Nate Robinson's ass.
1: Yeah, no, I, I absolutely hear you. And I will say that talking about the Jake Paul and Nate Robinson fight, because there's really not as much to say about Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson was definitely winning. They both looked so much better than the undercard fight. Um, but there's really not much to say. Draw's annoying, but that's it. But with Jake Paul and Nate Robinson, you look at it, Jake Paul has been training for several years. Nate Robinson has been training for three months. Yep. That's one disadvantage there. Jake Paul's reach is a full six inches longer than, than Nate Robinson. That's a huge advantage right there. He's, let's see, uh, let me do the math quickly three four inches taller you know Nate Robinson's really not big he's only five nine and so that's you know athleticism only gets you so far if you're smaller and you aren't able to overcome that with skill and training you're doomed so
0: he he didn't really last thing uh I I just gotta say uh you know this this fight was actually supposed to be back in like September this was supposed to be a couple months ago so imagine Nate Robinson going in with with two months less of training, it might have been uh, a one-minute first-round knockout instead of uh, one minute into the second round. So who knows? But great job mm-hmm. on Jake Paul's part, and I was happy to see uh, the vets, Mike Tyson, and Aurora Jones fight as well. Yep. So time is running out, and the game was on the line to here on Make Your Point, which means it's time for... Overtime. 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 Uh,
1: the rules are simple. We have one minute to talk about five topics. So, Adam. Uh, Can we get the timer, please? It's there. The timer's already there. It just showed up.
0: All right. Three. But it's there now. One. Four weeks after we've last talked about Tua, how do you think he's adjusted to being an NFL starter?
1: Absolutely better than I expected. Obviously, he's out now with a thumb and he was taken out of uh, the the Denver game uh, after a poor performance. But you know what? As far as I expected, he's exceeded all my expectations. So I'm happy with that. Uh, You and I were big Gator fans. So from what you have seen so far, can the Gators? beat Bama to make the college football playoffs.
0: I think absolutely they can. If anyone can beat Bama, it's Kyle Trask, and our our defense is slacking, but our offense, I believe, can keep up with Bama and and secure the win, hopefully. 12 weeks into the NFL season, who is the biggest sleeper for MVP?
1: Well, if we're looking at the favorites being Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers, I'd say the biggest sleeper isn't a quarterback, and that's Derrick Henry. He's just done incredible, and I, I think he's definitely the sleeper pick. Uh, with the college season coming to an end, who
0: is the Heisman favorite? Kyle Trask. He's awesome. Last topic, Highest. NFC East. <laughs> did you say NFC East? Yeah,
1: that's I did. Funny. Okay, that's I funny.
0: It's still funny. It's, it's still funny. Honestly. still funny. Four weeks yeah. later, it's still funny. No, it's still funny. So that's all for us, guys. Thanks you for watching episode 17 of Make a Point. Make sure you guys go subscribe to our social media, Big Cookie Entertainment, as well as subscribe to the other YouTube channel, Big Cookie Entertainment, where we make short films. And other movies of that, of other, of different genres. They're amazing. Uh, they, they very much are amazing. So thank, thank you guys for, for watching, and we hope to see you next. Why? Apologies to our dear friend Shaquille O'Neal. Sorry we couldn't get you on the show this time, man. But we will be try next year. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe, and remember.